introvert. <laughs> Do you think an introvert's going to be up here? Uh, I don't think so totally. I know there are some elements that I am a little bit of an introvert, but I would challenge that in the fact that it's not that I'm an introvert. It's that I deal with issues of self-doubt and lack of confidence. So that is where God has really been working on me in the past little while. Um, as you can tell, I'm not very versed at going through all this. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll try and stay on top here. Uh, but part of when Aaron asked me to do this is, what qualifies me to get up here and talk to you people? Like, what do I have as a background that I can give any of you guys? I look at myself just an ordinary person. I'm just going through daily life and everything else like everyone else is. So I started asking myself, do I have a bachelor's degree, a doctorate, or gone to seminary school or anything like that? No, I haven't. But what I do have. I actually believe in God. I trust in Jesus. And I listen to the Holy Spirit. So when I do that, that, I have, that gives me the qualifications to be here. As long as I'm listening, I can go ahead. Okay. Um, dramatic pause. <laughs> so a few things that have led up to this time. Like, I haven't been a very good public speaker or anything else, and I'm still working on it, as you can see. There's been a few things that I've uh, been challenged with in the past little while with God uh, pushing me out of my comfort zone. And some of these things are sharing with my wife at our uh, home church on basically our life story up until now. Sitting in a group of people you hardly know and opening up your life to them. It's a little bit unnerving, but it's worthwhile doing. Get to know people on a deeper level and everything else. Um, then being asked to actually lead a discussion in our home church. No topic given or anything like that. Here, go, go to it. Okay, where does that leave me? <laughs> I, I came up with a, a concept by listening to what the Spirit had to say and then came up with something and shared it with the, the group. After that, I go to a, a men's retreat, of course, being asked to share there. That was a very powerful time for me. Uh, and I imagine it was for all the other men that were there as well. I actually had like two pages of notes written out that I was going to actually share with the guys. Comes time for the sharing, I have to just take that, set it aside. I ended up just sharing basically all the stuff I had prepared, but I had to just share it directly from my heart. I couldn't just read it off from there. And it turned into, instead of about 15 minutes of just quick sharing, to about 45 minutes of a blubbering mess, and, and then uh, a lot of movement by God in that. So, sorry. Then we, then we went to a, um, a Trace Diaz weekend, or at least I did, uh, with a couple other gentlemen here. And uh, I ended up being a spokesman for our table when we are doing presentations. So if you're uncomfortable getting up in front of people, getting in front of a group of men that you hardly know, that's even more challenging. And then beyond that, I get up to uh, share at the end of the, uh, 
the weekend in front of a crowded room in, in a podium with a microphone and everything else trying to express my feelings. Challenging, but you step in there. Each and every time that I've done this, walk, or taken that step, it's been uh, God meeting me there, giving me the comfort, confidence, and everything else to get through that moment. And I've seen God move in a lot of things, especially that weekend where the men's retreat, uh, there's just, it wasn't anything I did. It was just myself being vulnerable and open and sharing with the guys to allow them to be open to what God and the Spirit wanted to do in their lives. And it was just a powerful time. So, then I start thinking about, well, this was back in the summer. Aaron, first of, first of all, approached me uh, jokingly, almost, oh, you're going to share sometime. Didn't think much of it. Then all of a sudden, he sends out the email later on, can you share? <laughs> okay, I guess so. But I actually had a topic in mind back when Aaron first approached me. It just, bang, I knew what I was going to talk about. The topic that came to mind was something I was actually struggling with. And it's a matter of what do we do when we struggle with things? And it's a very simple thing that I was struggling with. And, and I'm not trying to offend anyone with this. But there's a few songs out there that basically are saying that I give up, Jesus, you take the wheel and take me where I need to go. But I personally struggle with that. And I don't know if it's a matter of me wanting to be in control or not, but I don't think so. Um, how many of you on, in the audience actually, when you're on a road trip, do you want to be driving the car or do you want to be sitting in the passenger seat? Myself, I'd rather be driving the car. And it's not a matter of being in control per se, it's a matter of being part of the adventure. And for some reason, being in the passenger seat doesn't seem like I'm in the adventure as much. I seem to be disengaged from it. But, and like I've, I've put on the slide there, I do understand the concept of these songs, and they're beautiful songs. But I don't uh, think surrendering to the point of giving up is what we need to do. What will we be giving up? If we just suddenly let Jesus take the wheel and take us where we want to go? Yeah, we give up our free will. God doesn't want us to just uh, go about doing everything he wants. So if he just takes us from one spot to another, well, there's free will gone. My responsibility as a, a, a father, husband, human being, man in this church, I have responsibilities. And if God just takes all that stuff away, well, I'm not living up to anything. We have all been given natural gifts. If we suddenly have God do everything for us, then we're not using the gifts that we've been given. And then the opportunity for God to work through you. You're going to steal that opportunity away from God to show how much love he has for you? And that's where it brought me to a point. Well, if I'm struggling with this, why? So then I have to do a little bit of research. Does scripture say anything about that? Uh, 
That brings us to the title, Chauffeur or Navigator. So this is where I'm going to start embarrassing some people because I like this to be interactive. <laughs> if I'm going to be up here, some other people are going to be up here too. First person is my son, Matthew. <laughs> Didn't tell him this, but he knew it was coming. So I'm just going to have Matthew have a seat. Okay, so if you're in a car and you have a chauffeur, what are you going to do? Well, you, do you know what a chauffeur is? Okay, so I'm your chauffeur. What do you want me to do? Where do you want to go? Um, to a soccer match, probably. I don't see one of those here, but we'll move you across the stage in a semblance of what we're doing here, right? So now I've just become your chauffeur. I've, you've told me what I'm supposed to be doing, okay? Next thing, if you'll get up, we'll go up on the stage here. Simon, if you don't mind prepping that stuff. Come on. Okay, take off the hat. Oh, no. Got to give him a blindfold. Can't see what's going on. Actually, I can see, but this is a terrible blindfold. I can still see that. Put your sunglasses on here. I can still see. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Just work with me. You do look kind of funny. Okay, so now, if I'm a navigator, much you like race cars and stuff like that, just like I do. So if I'm a navigator or a spotter for you in, in NASCAR, I'm going to be giving you some directions on what's coming up and everything, right? Now, the challenge is, the world is so busy with noise and everything, right? So how are you going to be able to do that if you can't hear me? So can you hear me, Matthew? How about you walk left? How about you walk right? Pretty confident you can't hear me right here. So if I come up and get beside you, We'll see if you can actually hear me when I'm talking to you. So now I'll ask you to walk to your left. Good, you know left from right. Stop. Turn around. Okay, walk forwards. Now you can stop. Okay, that's good. That'll be good. Thank you. That's good. Yeah, I think you're done for now, Matthew. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. Had to use you. Got liability reasons and everything else here, right? <laughs> so if we get into definitions, as we've just demonstrated, we have definitions of a, uh, 
a chauffeur, basically someone that's paid to drive you around and everything. So that's not a pretty impressive position to be in. And as I get into a rally car navigator, I just like to use that reference because it's a little bit more in depth. How they're looking at not only the path ahead, what are the dangers involved? How sharp are the turns gonna be? How, how quickly are they gonna be able to be traveling around that spot? So it's a an interesting definition and I think it really applies well to for relating it to God. So I started asking, do I need the Holy Spirit or God to be for me? Do I need him to be a chauffeur? I don't think so. Because if I make him, if he's a, a chauffeur, then I'm basically putting myself above God. I'm telling God what to do. And yeah, maybe there are times where I try to do that, but that's not where we need to be. But if I go ahead and I look at being a navigator, now we get into a relationship. Now we have two-way trust. And it has, adds the element of an adventure. We all want an adventure in our lives somewhere. What level? That depends on the person. And this also allows God to still become sovereign engaging in us in our everyday lives and yet still be who God is. So now I'm going to actually bring a few more people up here. So first up will be Stacy, if she wouldn't mind. So I'm going to have Stacy read Psalm 31, 1 to 5. This is the New King James Version. Thirty-one, one to five. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Never let me be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. Bow down your ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be my rock of refuge, a fortress of defense to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. Therefore, for your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Pull me out of the net, which they have secretly laid for me, for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. Thank you. So I decided to paraphrase that a little bit. So we have David crying out to God to lead him and guide him. And it's not just to lead him and guide him, because David knows, your, or David knows there's dangers, and he could very easily ask God to pull him right out of it and put him aside or take the dangers completely away. But he actually wants him to guide him through it or guide him out of it so that he can actually experience what God has for him through his protection and mercies and everything else. Oh, this will be nice. Um, I was going to have Stefan come up and read this next one, but since I wasn't able to embarrass my wife yesterday on our 22nd anniversary, I'm going to make her come up. So it'll be Psalm 32, 8 to 9. Psalm 32. 
I will instruct you and teach you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. Do not be like the horse or like the mule, which have no understanding, which must be harnessed with bit and bridle, else they will, be, uh, will not come near you. Thank you. So here we have God declaring to us that he's going to lead us. And God doesn't want us just to be like a horse. It's a relationship with God. He wants you to move because he's asking you to out of love and everything. You put a bridle in the mouth and start leading him off, well, that's no better than being driven around by a chauffeur. You're actually being subservient to God himself at that point, and he wants to walk with you. He wants you to seek his understanding and have that trusting relationship with you. Next, I'm going to ask Doug to come up and read a couple of verses. These two verses are uh, very similar. I want to thank these people for coming up as well because uh, it just gives a break between myself speaking and uh, putting a little bit of comedy and everything else into it. <laughs> if I'm just sitting up here and uh, reading, it, it just Why does he very say boring. comedy with me? I can't screw this up. You sure about that? <laughs> okay, the first is 48, or Psalm 48, verse 14. First is what? 14. 14? Okay. For this is God, our God, forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. So very simply, God is declaring that he's going to guide us even up until our death. Okay, and then the next will be for Simon, Isaiah 58.11. Oh, Doug, come here. I told you, you it was Simon. two. I, <laughs> oh, it's okay. just how I announced the name. Okay. Oh. So Isaiah 58, 11. There you go. <laughs> I'm the comedy. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a well-watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. Thank you. So again, God is going to be ours forever. He's going to strengthen us, nourish us, and everything else. He's going to be with us there. This next thing I'm going to ask uh, Cecilia to come up. This one's a little bit longer, but she's been courageous enough to do it for me. It's going to be in, in John 16, 5 to 15. Was this where Doug had it? But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to, to you. And when he has come, 
he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they do not believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. Thank you. I just wanted to include the entire thing in there because uh, it just gives the full meaning of it. And I just want to make sure I'm not taking things out of context. And I, I do put that out to everyone. Look at it. If I'm taking it out of context, by all means, let's talk about it. Because if I'm wrong, I want to know about it. Okay, so take away from this. So Jesus talking about he's going to leave, leave and he's going to uh, leave the Holy Spirit as our, our guide. And that the Holy Spirit's he's only going to tell us the things that he's hearing from God. So if, if that's the source that it's coming from, you can trust the Holy Spirit. And the last one, I didn't preempt the person because I was actually hoping that Brent was going to be here. But I'm hoping Jacob is still available to come up. So it's Acts 26 to 40. Oh, sorry, Acts 8. We'll make you read a lot. <laughs> now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is desert. So he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said to Philip, go near and overtake this chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading the prophet Isaiah and said, do you understand what you are reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he asked Philip to come up and sit with him. The place in the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb silent before its shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his justice was taken away. And who will declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. So the eunuch answered Philip and said, I ask you, of whom does a prophet say this, of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning at this scripture, preached Jesus to him. Now as they went down the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, so here is the water. What hinders me from being baptized? Then Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So he commanded the chariot to stand still. And both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and he baptized him. Now when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught Philip away, so that the eunuch saw him no more. And he went, away on, he went on his way rejoicing. 
But Philip was found at Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. Thank you. There, there's, a, there's a reason I'll get to shortly why I had Jake come up and why I was thinking of Brent as well. But uh, as we look through Acts, here's an adventure that Philip is going on. He, he's listening to the Spirit. He doesn't know what he's supposed to do. He just takes that first step. And then by following those instructions, he continues on, and he's responding, and he, he is able to lead someone else. And eventually, he ends up leading the guy to Christ. And yes, and as I was saying earlier, this story reminds me of Jake and of Brent, a couple of men that have really tender hearts. And I've seen it in the past little while where these, these men have just listened to a little whisper, stepped out and did what they were asked to do, didn't know what was going to happen. But they were just faithful and just stepped out. And the result of that, like, it's, and it's very incredible um, to see lives that were changed by their actions. And you can even see it in their lives, how they've been changed as well. And I really appreciate that. And thank you, Jake, for reading that. I think that story represents a lot of what you do a lot of times. Um, so now we're getting into pretty much my uh, closing of this. A bunch of questions we should ask ourselves. Each of us have, has a race or an adventure to run. What is it? If you don't know what it is, it's going to be awfully hard to run it. Let's search for it. Let's get into it. How is my navigator talking to me or communicating? If there's so much world noise like I had with Matthew up there, you're not going to hear it. You need to find the time to listen to the navigator. Listen to what they have to say. They're there to protect you and guide you in the path that's going to work the best. Um, do I trust the navigator? If it was someone else telling Matthew to do stuff like that with the blindfold off, I don't know if he would have really done it. Especially if he was standing at the edge of the stage and we told him step left or step right or anything like that. He might have fallen and gotten hurt. But because he trusted who was being giving the instructions, he was able to do that. Um, and do you believe your navigator has the best for you planned out? If you can't trust and believe that the path that they've laid out of in front of you is the best for you, then you're, you're not going to trust them totally at all. And you need to have that total trust in them in order to step out in the faith that you need to. And ultimately, will I run the race or enter the adventure? So I'll just leave those questions with you to figure out on your own. If anyone wants to talk or pray about it, we're all here. We're all running a race. Thank you.